Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Meg Hiddle, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California, but currently hunkered down quarantining here in the village of Arlington Heights, in the village. I'm Zach Paris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder, which is, as uh, our listeners know, a, a pretty prestigious position to hold, as is uh, sitting in this chair, Matt, right beside you as the co-host of the Vinyl Preacher podcast. And we have an announcement here uh, on our first show of 2021, because 2021, Matt, is going to be different. This is the year in which we defeat COVID-19. Uh, and so we'd like to announce uh, that here shortly, live on the Internet, Matt and I will receive uh, a vaccine uh, just because we want you all to get vaccinated. And we feel like our listeners could be heavily influenced uh, by seeing Matt and I get a vaccine on live Internet television. Actually, we're going to do it on the podcast. We're not no video. It's going to be all audio. <laughs> Completely agree. Now, I have not seen like the the priority list, but I'm pretty sure that after, um, you know, doctors and nurses, that podcast hosts are also pretty high up there. I believe the order goes, Matt. First, doctors, nurses. Orderlies do not get it, right? We do not care about orderlies or candy stripers. Uh, candy stripers go to the back of the line. Then, uh, I believe it's the elderly, Matt, which mm -hmm. we are not. I want to be really clear. We are young. We are cool and hip. Uh Getting close. Uh, 2021's 40 for me, so, you know, close, Ooh, but not quite there. But not yet. But not yet. <laughs> not yet. You're not elderly yet. Uh, and then it's essential workers, and I'm fairly certain that uh, podcasts in general, and especially podcasts in which we talk about the Revised Common Lectionary, is considered essential work. So um, we should, our numbers should be getting called up. This is like the reverse. We're like reverse draft dodgers. <laughs> reverse draft dodgers. Indeed. Please, please draft me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be good. It's good forward to rolling up my I was unsure about this vaccine, yeah. Matt. Um, I was unsure about the vaccine. Uh, uh, you know, I've been, I've been following it, but what really made me turn on to the vaccine is uh, I've got a fresh $600 bill in my pocket. So um, <laughs> I am pro-vaccine all the way now. You I can me, be bought. You want me to go off about this? <laughs> please, Matt. Please. So I don't know. Uh, apparently, so apparently, that Congress has just approved a nine hundred, I don't know, billion dollar. I don't. Is it? Is that what it is? I think it's just six hundred dollars. <laughs> I was under the impression um, that they passed a bill to send me alone a six hundred dollar check. <laughs> so Congress uh, has passed a bill. They're waiting on a president's signature. Who knows? I mean, he'll probably. You would think he'd sign it, but at this point, I don't know what's happening. He does um, seem there to was, be pretty far yeah, off the deep end. It was an incredible story, like just very short story about how like, you know, everybody's getting these, all these public officials are getting their vaccines publicly to like tell people that it's safe. Everyone from Biden to Mike Pence, you know, getting their vaccine, it's safe. Meanwhile, Trump refusing to even say the name vaccine, definitely not going to do that. Instead, tweeting out anti-mask things still. <laughs> like, it's just insane. Uh, but... Yeah, so less than 30 after, days, man. Less than 30 days. Oh, my gosh. Um, so people have been posting these memes. Uh, let them have $600 because that's the new stimulus check is $600. And I, I'm sympathetic. I get it. I, I wanted to retweet them because I agree. Uh, it is it is just insane that, that Congress is like, here, I have $600. Like, what is that going to do? It's absolutely true. However, 
that's not actually the entirety of this bill. Like, uh, there's like from the brief rundown that I've read about it, there's a lot of funding for other things. There's lots of funding for local municipalities and funding for the states and funding for unemployment benefits. Um, and so money is going to be flowing in a lot of different ways. Are all those ways good ways? I don't know. I haven't looked at all of the details, but I think that the bill is bigger than just the $600 check. I think in some ways the $600 check is kind of um, dumb. It's like, it's the thing that they do so that people feel like they're getting something because people just don't, like, even if you give people a tax cut, if they don't like, if you spread it out over a long period of time, people have like, like Obama talks about this in his book, people don't notice it. And so they like think you've raised their taxes because they don't see it all. They don't see it in one check that comes in a lump sum. Right. And so I think it's just kind of, uh, the whole thing is just really dumb, but there's a lot more than $600 in this bill. So just be aware of that meme internet. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Again, want to be clear, agree. Clearly not enough. I'm sympathetic. I just want to point out there's a lot more than that $600. Matt, I really appreciate your nuanced take on federal legislation uh, on the podcast. That's what people tune in for. Uh, and I think the only follow-up question I have for you is, uh, what are you going to do with your $600? <laughs> you going to get some J's? Well, I already bought a turntable. Uh, so... Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Uh, good, good question. I'm gonna have to think about that. Think about that. Do you know what I'm gonna do with my? I uh, I always think of when these checks come out uh, of friend of the podcast Robert Abner, who is the campus pastor at Ball State University, uh, which I believe is barely in Indiana. Um, and uh, he talks about when he got his stimulus check in 2008 from the Great Recession, that he went out and bought Jordans with him. Uh, <laughs> like a video like an xbox or something um uh, so i always like dream of like taking my stimulus checks and doing something like that with it because that just sounds really fun mm -hmm. uh but matt uh i'm gonna we're oh man we are going so in the weeds we're talking about federal legislation i'm gonna tell you about uh, uh tax federal tax policy for clergy um so uh to file uh uh, taxes, I don't know why, Matt. They don't get withheld out of my check. Uh, do you get taxes withheld out of your check, Matt? No, I have to pay them quarterly. Yeah, I have to pay my taxes quarterly. I have to withhold from myself and pay them quarterly. And uh, guess what, Matt? Uh, I think it'd be easier if somebody else did that for me because I don't always do it good, <laughs> right, you know? Right, right, <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I should put this money right now into this account. But I kind of, right, I mean, right. I should put this money right into this account but I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't right, well, right. I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't right, well, right. I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't right, well, right. I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account but right, I can't right. well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't well, I mean I should this money right now into this account right, but right. I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account right, right. but I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account but I can't well, I mean I put this money right now into this account right, right. but I can't well, I mean I should put this money right now into this account right 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 Right, right. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, I have a spreadsheet. So I, um, 
Man, I do my own taxes. This is, is this another episode of Let's Talk Taxes? Uh, right, right. I, uh, I do my own taxes because I, uh, that's what I do. Okay. I'm, I'm too proud to like pay someone else right, to do right. my taxes. Uh, and that'll go great for me until I get audited. Um, so I've got a bunch of spreadsheets. I like spreadsheets. I taught a class on spreadsheets when I was a TA in college. Um, and I have a spreadsheet for my prepaid tax uh, stuff. And currently, I did math. I check in on it. I do it like quarterly, right? And, it, and there's notes. There's a note right now in it that says that like I have a balance of a couple thousand dollars in this account. So I'm like, here's how much you need to withhold for these months. I don't know where that account is, Matt. I don't know what that account is in reference to. I've checked, like, you know, at it, 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 this age, Matt, as we are approaching 40, uh, you end up with all of these, like, different financial accounts across the Internet from, like, oh, maybe I put it, like, maybe I put it in, like, the the credit union that I, that my, the North Carolina Teachers Credit Union. Oh, uh, yeah. Our first set account. Because if I put yeah. it over there, I couldn't get to it, and that'd be smart, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was going through, like, I hid it underneath, uh, I put it in a coffee can somewhere and buried it, but I can't figure out where it is. Uh, so until then, thank you, uh, Relief Package, for helping me meet my financial obligations to the government and to the rest of our society. Incredible. I definitely do not do my own taxes. Shout out to Clergy Financial Resources uh, in Minnesota, who does it electronically and over the phone. And that's totally worth it for me because I hate numbers. <laughs> I do think I'm going to get you you ready for a sincere, (laughs) are you ready for my sincere clergy tax take Uh, is that um, I uh, was not in favor of the tax bill reforms that uh, our dear president uh, helped make uh, happen a couple years ago. Uh, But with the way you do income taxes now, uh, it's a lot less math. It's really (laughs) short and simple. So. Okay. So clergy people, you might feel more impact. All people, I feel. I feel like everybody should do it on taxes. <laughs> Good. Good for you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what Chris tells me after I go for a run, and I tell her how far I went. She says, "Good for you." <laughs> <laughs> Which I have been running, Zach, but it's cold. Still, still cold. But is that a part of your New Year's resolutions? I tell you though, if I lived here. So, like, I, I check my phone in the morning for the temperature, and then I looked at the temperatures for the week, and it's, like, 30s right now. And I'm like, okay, that's not bad. And then I see later in the week, it's, like, zero. So I'm like, oh, that means I need to get my runs in early this week because I'm not going to go out there when it's zero. So you then you, like, schedule your week based on the <laughs> rising and falling temperature. Maybe you do this in Colorado, but this is new new to me. I'm, I'm in I mean, you got to gear up, new. Matt. You got to gear up. Uh, it's a different gear. You know, you got to get... Uh, you got to get the tights. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm wearing you the tights. Get, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, mittens. Running mittens Running are really mittens. important, Matt. Because, uh, you know, you, I mean, you, I don't, as a person who grew up in North Carolina, I don't need to explain how mittens work to you. <laughs> uh, right. But the, like keeping your fingers together is warmer than keeping them apart. Oh. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, but they make running mittens and they really do. Uh, I invested back when I was really running, you know, in, in um, some absurdly expensive running mittens. Uh, and I ran, the coldest I ever ran was uh, 20 below. Wow. Um, wow. 20 below, we did a, Commitment. it was uh, back in my training days. We had a workout that day. And um, uh, running is a form of mental illness. <laughs> uh, you, it's a, it's a, it's a discipline for putting your illness into a, into one box. 
<laughs> you get to keep it there. Uh, and so everything stays perfect inside of it. And so it was a workout day. And uh, you are, I was in such a place where like, it's a workout day. Uh, so that means we work out. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, the universe will fall apart. Uh, so we did a workout inside of a parking garage, Matt. Wow. I ran like four miles in circles inside of a parking garage. Wow. Um, That's commitment. But the hands were never cold. It was the hands get yeah. nice and, and toasty. Yeah, toasty. no, I just get been yak those, tracks. Those thin uh, finger gloves, and then I didn't wear a hat mm-hmm. at first. And my mom said, "You need to wear a hat." And I said, "I don't need to wear a hat, mom. I don't need to." And she was right. I needed to put a something around my. Yeah, ears. mom's always right about hats and coats <laughs> and stuff. Now that I find myself on the other side of that, yeah. no, you need to wear a coat. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Don't you understand? It's 10 degrees outside. Zach, before we dive into these texts, look, it's, uh, we're going to talk about some of the discrepancies in this text, but because one of the texts at least deals with a star, uh, we need to talk about Star Wars. And I don't know if you're prepared to talk about Star Wars. Are you caught up on The Mandalorian? How how you doing? I have not watched the finale. Oh my gosh, then we can't talk about it. But uh, you, man, got a lot got a lot coming it's been a season how do you feel about the season so far i thought it got better um start a little slow i did not it started like a little too episodic for me you know like the first couple um and that seems to be and i've got no issue with it now you know that there's an episodic uh character to the show mm. which you're kind of kind of need because i think i don't think this is gonna, this is the end right like i think it's i'm guessing there's gonna be a season three um and so you gotta have some filler and not all killer um but initially i was a little disappointed because i wanted us to pick up that big arc because the first season really seemed to be about the arc of like um uh gus from breaking bad uh chasing after this baby uh and then there was no like mention of Gus mm. uh, from Breaking Bad. Most Def, is that his name? Moss Giffen? Um, Moff Gideon. Griffin? Moff Gideon. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, but then we then we picked that up, you know, and it was it was great. You know, it's a great story about a robot falling in love with a green puppet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, so my take on... Uh, this season, which I now want to to rewatch, but I mean, first of all, just uh, ridiculous ending. Um, but but also just the ending. I think also spoke to some things that happened over the course of the season, where like it started to get. It started as the show that was like in the Star Wars universe, but totally disconnected from anything. And now it started to get connected, like characters would drop in. We got Ahsoka, uh, who's from Clone Wars and Rebels, but is just kind of rising in uh, recognizability. And it was, but it it connects, I think, this smaller story to this larger story and larger universe. And they started to do more and more of that. And some people, I think, are irritated about that because they don't want it to turn into like the Avengers where everything has to lead to another um, property, right? Um, but I do think the concept of little stories that connect to a much larger universe is uh, part of what I love about Star Wars. Because <laughs> I know that if you pick up this rock and you look under it, there is going to be a whole like universe to explore. There's a, a whole like rabbit hole you could go down. And the many rabbit holes of Star Wars are part of what I love about it. <laughs> 
Uh, I do have one hot take, Matt. Uh, the last episode I think I saw was on Morak. Morak with Bill Burr. Um, and uh, they go to it, and on the way to it, they're like, Morak, there's nothing on Morak. <laughs> like, and they make it sound like they're going, like, clearly it has, like, Vietnam, like, <laughs> allusions to Vietnam yeah. and stuff, right? But then they get there, and it's incredibly lush, <laughs> most, like... <laughs> You got, you got people living on, on Hoth and like these desert Tatooine, Tatooine and stuff, right? And you're like, like, there's nothing on Tatooine. They're like, oh, Tatooine, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great spot to stop, right? Like, this is a place you want to be. Like, I'm not, don't gentrify Morak, you know? Um, but I disagree with that take. Uh, I also met, um, I did not get to see, I've not yet got to see the finale because uh, my daughter got heavily invested in uh, The Sound of Music the other day when it came on. And I've learned a lot about the sound of music um, <laughs> in the past few days. Number one, the sound of music is three hours, man. <laughs> three hours. And we were watching it on ABC. So there were commercials mm-hmm. uh, interspersed in those three hours. Uh, uh, I've done a deep dive. I've learned a lot. Learned a lot, Matt. But the thing I want to lift up, uh, if you're watching The Sound of Music, um, in the first third of the movie, they talk a lot about how the mother died seven years ago, right? And they just say it over and over again. She died seven years ago. Uh, their mother died seven years ago. Uh, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then they introduce the children, and they have the whole, like, funny scene, right, where they're pretending, like, he does the whistle, the captain blows the whistle, and they march up and introduce themselves and say how old they are. And the youngest daughter is five years old, man. Gretel is five. The mother died seven years ago. You didn't have to throw these numbers in there, but they're very specific numbers. So if a listener would like to, to phone into the show and help me understand how Gretel Gretel's mother died seven years ago and Gretel is five uh, because I don't know that there was the technology available during the early stages of World War II for have surrogates and frozen eggs and stuff but maybe he's very wealthy I mean the house he's they also really hit you over the head with how wealthy they are did you google this has anyone talked about it yes I googled I couldn't find results is it Incredible. In real life, what, Gretel was uh, the the ages line up, but I don't know why they. Way to ruin did that. this classic film. This has been another episode of Zach ruins classic film. I had a hot take on how like being a captain in the Austrian Navy uh, seems like an insult, right? Since Austria is a landlocked country in the mountains. <laughs> Uh, but it turns out, you know, Austria has a complex history, Austria-Hungary. Uh, and at one point, they did have uh, some seaports on the Adriatic. So uh, <laughs> not as insulting as it, as it sounds, you know, like it's like being a naval captain of the Kansas Navy. Right. Did you talk to your daughter about these things? No, look, I just that's probably what she was most interested in. Matt, I know the plot so well because my daughter is currently at an age where as soon as something happens on the, on the screen, she asks me why and what, and then I say it, and then she says, why? Uh, she uses whatever question she did not use. Right. So I explain five times to her every scene. Right. So I've really learned it well. Incredible. Incredible. Well, we've uh, covered a lot of ground here. Speaking of stories, small stories, that are part of a larger story, Matt, that sometimes are non-canonical, uh, we got some text today. We do have some texts. And uh, so last week we were talking about uh, discrepancies in 
in texts. Now, this is a Sunday. We're going to talk about uh, January 3rd. And you've got some options. It's technically the second Sunday of Christmas, which uh, in the... What's the gift for the second Sunday of Christmas? I don't know. I'll figure this out. You keep going. You keep going, man. Uh, But you get uh, some readings according to the Lutheran version of the Revised Common Lectionary uh, that I have access to here. Uh, You've got Jeremiah. You've got some Sirach and Wisdom of Solomon, Ephesians. But your gospel is John uh, 1, kind of 1 to 18 there beginning of the Gospel of John, um, which you also sometimes hear at Christmas. So a little bit of John poetry there for you. Or you can do uh, what I usually do, which is Epiphany, and just move that those Epiphany texts to Sunday, because if you're a small church and you're not having some separate Epiphany service, just move that to Sunday uh, if you're doing weekly services. And there you get Isaiah, uh, Ephesians, and Matthew 2, 1 to 12, the story of the Magi. Um, but... I think you found uh, some some differences again. Well, first things first, Matt. Uh, January 3rd is the 10th day of Christmas, so just an idea. I don't know. Well, dang it. You're not probably not going to be in a physical space. Unless we have listeners in New Zealand and Australia, in which case you are, I assume, worshiping fully in person. Uh, so I've got some tips for uh, the folks down under who I believe use the common lectionary, but backwards. Um <laughs> Nice. Because <laughs> they're, they're down under. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it's 10 lords a-leaping, you know? So maybe get oh. some lords leaping up in your worship space uh, this Sunday. Uh, Matt, you texted me. We we had discrepancies again. You're like, Lou, you want to talk about, yeah, we have to talk about John 1 again. Uh, and I was like, what are you talking about? It's Matthew 2. Uh, and then evidently as a joke, you said, well, we should do Wisdom of Solomon and Syrah. Uh, <laughs> Matt, I was very busy yesterday. Uh, so I took you seriously uh, and seriously Matt uh, I, I have here in my hand the Apocrypha I can't believe you have that the Lutheran edition with notes I can't believe I have it either because it, it was given to me as a gift yesterday what? Matt. yesterday yeah uh, one of my board members gave this to me and dropped it off in my house yesterday evening uh, so uh, I got this you know amazing um, so it's a sign that we should do it. So I'm going to take you real quickly. Let's do it. Um, through Wisdom of Solomon and Sirach. Uh, they are considered to be part of the Apocrypha. Uh, and if you do not know what that word is, you're a normal person. So congratulations on being well adjusted. Uh, there are some ancient writings uh, that... Um, gosh, how would you describe the Apocrypha? So... Um, it wasn't ever like the people got together and were like, hey, we should write a Bible. And like, okay, you write this book for the Bible. I'll write that book for the Bible. It wasn't like a commissioned, uh, like edited uh, collection of, of books. Uh, but all of these old ancient writings emerged. And eventually folks were like, that should be the Bible. Uh, and so not all of the writings uh, that were around and being circulated uh, made it into the Bible, and so the Wisdom of Solomon and Sirach are part of a collection of these ancient uh, writings that uh, people liked, but did not, uh, around which there was not consensus that they should be in the Bible. should be said, of course, that for Roman Catholics uh, and Eastern Orthodox, I believe both of these books are considered part of the Bible, but uh, Protestants in general do not uh, think that they are, and yet... Uh, they have been woven into the Revised Common Lectionary. Uh, there are around 10 times, 10 different readings that make their way over three years into the lectionary from the Apocrypha, mostly from Wisdom of Solomon and Sirach, but also Baruch 
and Judith, or uh, Judith, Tobeth, Judith, one of the ifs. Um, and so today, Matt, we have a reading from Wisdom of Solomon and Sirach that you can choose from. Uh, and it's not often, as a lectionary preacher, that you get a new reading. So maybe this is new for you. It was new for me. Uh, so Wisdom of Solomon, uh, perhaps the most famous, uh, most beloved of all the apocryphal books. Uh, it is thought to have been written by Philo, not Philo, Philo of Alexandria, uh, written in Egypt, in part in response to his experience uh, as a, uh, a Jew, as a Judean person living in Egyptian society. Uh, what makes this interesting, um, one of the things that makes it interesting, is that Philo lived from 20 BCE to 50 CE. Um, and so, so in the Bible, we have this like neat uh, division, right? The Old Testament's before Jesus, and the New Testament is after Jesus. And this is a book that seems, uh, it is not proven, you know, that Philo wrote it, but that seems to come from the time of Jesus. And so it's not like the people were like, oh, wait, we got to stop the, the, we got to stop the holy writings, right? No more religious literature until after the death of Jesus. We got to put a, a, a stop on this. Uh, and so that's a part of the reason that it's ended up in the Apocrypha is that it doesn't, um, it doesn't fit a lot of the, the definitions of, of what we normally would put into the Old Testament, which sometimes we call the Hebrew Bible, uh, because it's not in Hebrew. It's written in Greek. Um, and so you have Philo. And this is actually going to fit nicely, Matt, with your, your Matthew, because if I remember from some of our previous years, Matthew, we have said before, is the multicultural gospel. Um, and so uh, Philo is actually doing some of that multicultural translation that he's taking... Um, He's taking the faith, uh, the uh, the Hebrew faith, and he's putting it into Greek, uh, right? That's actually a fairly important thing that he's doing here in a Hellenistic style and trying to communicate that uh, to a Greek Hellenistic audience, which is what, uh, you know, Alexandria was at the time, even though it's in Egypt. It's not like Pharaoh was around. Um, so he's, he's critiquing that society, but also communicating that critique and that... Um, articulation of the faith in a terms that they would understand. In order to do that, we've taken on uh, Philo, we'll just say it was Philo, uh, has taken on uh, a, a literary form here where he is, it's like the fake Paul letter, pseudo-Paul, he has taken on the persona of Solomon, uh, and he is writing this and pretending to be Solomon. It would have known, people would have known that it was not Solomon, because uh, you're off by about a thousand years uh, in circulating this, like, hey, look, I just got this letter from a, a guy who's been dead for a thousand years. Um, uh, so, Matt, we have the Wisdom of Solomon. Um, lots of the apocryphal books, my last bit of setup, uh, talk about wisdom, which is this kind of neat, interesting, fuzzy gray area around a kind of Trinitarian understanding of God that sometimes gets lumped into the kind of spirit part of, of Trinity thinking, but, but it's a little fuzzier than that. Wisdom uh, is seems to be its own entity. Uh, it's often female, Sophia, which is the Greek word for wisdom. Um, and so that's the a part of the subject matter. It's, it's what both of our, our readings from the Apocrypha uh, touch on this week. And so we get a story about wisdom, wisdom herself leading the Israelites out of Egypt. A holy people and blameless race, wisdom delivered from a nation of oppressors. She entered the soul of a servant of the Lord and withstood fearsome kings with wonders and signs. She gave holy people the reward of their labors, and she guided them along a marvelous way and became a shelter to them by day 
And here, here you go, Matt, I like this one. A starry flame by night. She brought them over the Red Sea and led them through deep waters, but she drowned their enemies and she cast them up from the depths of the sea. Therefore, the righteous plundered the ungodly. They sang hymns, O Lord, to your holy name and praised with one accord your defending hand because wisdom opened the mouth of those who could not speak and made the tongues of infants speak clearly. Uh, this is a great Ooh, reading. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. No, like, you, know, you joked, but... <laughs> we did. I was kidding, but... Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Oh, she guided them along a marvelous way. It's, I mean, it's really good stuff, right? Led them through deep waters, uh, opened the mouths uh, of those who could not speak and made the tongues of infants speak clearly. Um, Who's the she? Whew. It's wisdom. Wisdom. Incredible. Sophia. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move to Sirach. Sirach, Sirach, who knows? People don't cannot agree on what the title of this book should be called. It was known for a long time by its Latin title, Matt, which was? What? Ecclesiasticus. Ecclesiasticus. It would be very confusing if in the canon we had Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiasticus. Uh, but it's a, a collection of wisdom sayings by a guy named Jesus, son of Sirach, who's a different guy than Jesus, son of Joseph. Uh, this is a little earlier, thought to be early 2nd century BCE, so like 100 to 200 BCE. Uh, it was written and spoken in Hebrew, we know, uh, but for a long time we thought it was Greek because it was translated into Greek by his grandson. However, in the 1960s, Matt, CE, uh, in Qumran and Masada, we found Hebrew manuscripts of two-thirds of uh, Sirach. Uh, so we have not only the original Greek now, we have the original Hebrew that the Greek was based on. Wow. Um, <laughs> so the I have this Lutheran study apocrypha, uh, and it is produced by Concordia, Matt. Mm -hmm. So it's a Missouri Synod resource. And in the commentary, the introduction to Sirach, uh, it says one of the, the difficulties with Sirach is that um, they lift up some of the things for why it might not be in the canon, uh, is that Sirach... Uh, is incredibly uh, a, a dick about women uh, and is really like says really terrible things about women. So if a Missouri Synod resource <laughs> is saying right. one of the issues right. is that it's like really harsh on women, uh, that tells you a lot. Yeah. Right? So right. you maybe don't want to read the whole thing. It's the longest of all the Apocrypha. It has like 40, 50 chapters. We're in chapter 24. Um, nevertheless, we get this nugget and it's not like a narrative. It's a collection of sayings, mm -hmm. right? So take it or leave it plenty of theorizing around how it was edited together and, and what's true source material or not. But who cares? Uh, here we are. Ready? Uh, more wisdom. Wisdom will praise herself and will boast in the midst of her people. In the assembly of the Most High, she will open her mouth and in the presence of his forces, she will boast, I came forth from the mouth of the Most High and covered the earth like a mist. I dwelt in high places. My throne was in a pillar of cloud. Alone I have made the circuit of the vault of heaven and have walked in the depths of the abyss. Oh, the abyss. In the waves of the sea, in the whole earth, and in every people and nation I have uh, gotten a possession. I've possessed them. Among all these I sought a resting place. I sought in whose territory I might lodge. Then the creator of all things commanded me, and the one who created me gave my tent a resting place. 
And he said, Make your dwelling in Jacob, and in Israel receive your inheritance. From eternity, in the beginning, he created me, and for eternity I shall not cease to exist. In the holy tabernacle, I ministered before him, and so I was established in Zion. In the beloved city, likewise, he gave me a resting place, and in Jerusalem was my dominion. And so I took root in an honored people, in the portion of the Lord, his inheritance. Again, Matt, great imagery. I covered the earth like a mist. Super baptismal. Um, I love in both of these texts, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to roll into the gospel. These are well-done lectionary makers for finding some, some nice text to pair with that gospel. Um, there is a restlessness here to wisdom, uh, that wisdom is rambling from the, the high places to the lowest places uh, into all uh, the world. Uh, and then you get this, like, what seems like closure, this veneer of closure to the story uh, that I found my resting place in the people of Israel. Um, and finally, no longer do I have to ramble now that I found my resting place in the tabernacle. Uh, spoilers about how things go for Israel. Not a place of stability. You know, it talks about finding, like, settling in the tabernacle. The tabernacle literally will be torn down uh, and doesn't exist anymore, you know. Um, and so, uh, you know, you know me, Matt, like, restlessness, rambling, wanderlust, um, this is, uh, I think the good news in these texts is that that is the marvelous way along which God is leading us. Wow. Those are, that's a really good setup good. for this, especially because we hear this Matthew text every year and it is a good text on its own, but that gives it a very nice, that's a really nice lead up. Both of them are doing the kind of recounting and re, I mean, that's. I know we could make the Star Wars analogy if we wanted to here, but the, the, with the Death Star, <laughs> every Star Wars story is a Death Star, Death Star story. Um, they're recounting the Exodus, right? Uh, that's what both the wisdom, these wisdom, uh, these apocrypha texts are doing and reframing them. And they're not just describing what happened in the past, but they're proclaiming the wisdom that this is our situation in the world right now. Uh, and I believe that's what Matthew's going to be doing as well. Well, let's hear Matthew then, uh, and we can continue tying them together. So here's our reading from Matthew chapter 2, and kind of the bookend here to the, the Christmas story coming to us on Epiphany. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Judeans? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. So they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the, the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word 
so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Oh, thanks be to God for... Uh just a, a killer of a well it becomes very much a killer in the next uh keep going in chapter <laughs> chapter two but uh it's an excellent excellent reading you know mm-hmm. you've got so much in here i mean you say you, we said killer and we uh alluded to what's to come and it's true we have an incredible villain in here right with herod i mean like he doesn't do a whole like i mean he he does some talking it's clear he's not a good guy we don't find out quite how bloodthirsty he is until the following verses but already i mean he's just it he's he's a villain we got a villain you know like he set it up with thanos here like you're just not even we're not messing around uh, which then just gives everything a, a shadow um, and a heightened sense of awareness. Um, you've got these mysterious wise men. They're not named. We don't know how many there exactly are. Exactly three of them, though. <laughs> exactly three of them, and one of them was black. Um, that's usually how they're <laughs> depicted uh, in old uh, nativity sets. Please don't do that. I, oh, my gosh. I hate it. But seriously, they're like they're these mysterious figures, right? Wise men from the East. <laughs> and they're pagans. It's that's the thing that yeah. like it slips through, you know? <laughs> like they're so like uh, it says wise men here in the NRSV. And that's probably what you're going to hear. The Greek word is magi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, but it actually referred to like magi isn't just like a Greek word for like a a king or like yeah. a smart person or whatever it referred to a specific like kind of clan of people in what is currently western iran and so there's zoro zoroastrian is what they are specifically yeah. right and so that's what it's intended to communicate yeah. which is, is one of the first examples of, of of when we do matthew we talk about it being a multicultural gospel is that the first people of, of power to recognize jesus are uh are not jewish mm-hmm. or roman yeah. uh, but these like far off pagans yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible. Um, and then they open it with this question, where is the child? You could do a whole sermon on that. Where is the child? I mean, oh my gosh. Where is, the where child? is Grogu? <laughs> where is Grogu? <laughs> oh. um, I mean, man, Matt, season, t- I mean, all of The Mandalorian is essentially an epiphany story, right? <laughs> like everyone's searching for the child. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Yeah, don't preach this week. Preacher, just put on the Mandalorian. <laughs> but it's true. There is so much here. We could keep going line by line, but there's there's a lot here. Um, there's this star, which folks have been talking about. Uh, apparently, there was a, a Christmas star in the skies. Uh, um, I saw it uh, last night, Did you see We went it? out on top oh, of the hill. And, look at Good yeah. job. I walked out the door, and it was mm-hmm. too cloudy. So, oh, well. But you saw it. Was it impressive? It is. It's interesting. Uh, it's at least currently they call it talking about a conjunction. I'm no like uh, astrologer here, but or astronomer, either one. Um, uh, you know, it's it's Jupiter and Saturn's um, are coming into alignment for us, and uh, at least last night you could distinctly see the difference. But they're very close to each other, um, but not yet like yeah. fully merged. Yeah. 
Well, and then the other, like, so then this star, this alignment that is uh, calling them to this child. I mean, we joke about the Mandalorian connections, but it's true that throughout this story, he's referred to as the child. (laughs) Like, there's no name, right? It's just like, and there is something like kind of spooky about just referring to this, the child, the child. Um, They ask, where's the Messiah? Where's the Messiah going to be born? This child that's been born, the king of the Jews. But it's again and again, the child, the child, the child, like, which is really, I don't know. There's something very mysterious about this text. And this is a little tragic. So you're going to have to do a lot of work or your supply preacher is going to have to do a lot of work here. Um, but there is very much a sense, I think it's totally justifiable that you could go with a, a path where every child is the child. Because yeah. that's certainly what Herod thinks, yep. right? Because he's going to kill all right. of any child yep. because he's afraid that every child might be the child. Yep. Um, and that's the, the scary part here, but it's also the real promise of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that every child is the child. I mean, that's, I mean, so there's that and something that we've talked about here before is that, you know, um, in this time, this idea of childhood is not as romanticized as it is today. And I think part of what this text is getting at, repeating the child, the child, the child, and contrasting this child with Herod is also like, just turning things upside down once again, right? That like, this is what they're they're being drawn to this child, which should not have any power, should not have any like um, worth and importance. And yet um, this is where the focus is, which is just really, I mean, you put yourself in that mindset and this, this really is mind blowing. Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, it's a great line. And again, one of the best sermons I think I've ever heard. Jennifer Manis at an LSM national gathering uh, preaching on on uh, the, the sending worship, uh, hitting that line. They left for their own country by another road. Uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what road are you taking home? Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It's an incredible so good. closing line. It really is. Matt, have you made travel plans for returning to Los Angeles? What road shall you return to? Oh, my to? gosh. Yeah. By another... Via road we're gonna yeah maybe we'll just it walk. means you should fly southwest maybe, maybe we'll walk like like we're uh you know in a cormac mccarthy movie It'll be it's great. time for you to abandon united man <laughs> that's what it means and not united is herod oh my gosh no i yeah it's uh I mean, it is a question. So what is this? I mean, what, what do we think this text means now? And, and at the beginning of 2021, we see the star of the vaccine on the horizon, but it's still kind of far away for most of us, unless you're a podcast host and you're going to get it early. Uh, you know, it's still... <laughs> Next week on the podcast, it's, you're going to hear us receive the vaccine. It's still out there. Uh, you're, you're probably, hopefully, you're not hitting the road. Uh, I did out of necessity, but too many people are. I mean, what does it mean that we're, you know, quarantined and, and hearing this story of epiphany? What's what's this story have to say to us in this weird time that we're in? Perhaps worth lifting up, you know, that there is, again, even in this gospel text, a false a false closure here. Mm-hmm. Um, things get real bad, you know, after this. Um, and uh, to, 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 to bleed into the playlist here, Matt. Uh, I went with some a, a dream song. Uh, Joseph gets has this like direct line of communication with God through dreams, um, and um, even after Herod dies, 
uh, and God comes to Herod, or an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, uh, and tells him, don't worry, Herod's dead. You guys can go back. Um, he gets there, and he hears that uh, Archelaus was ruling over Herod uh, in place of his father, Herod. Uh, and he gets scared again and doesn't want to go. Um, so it doesn't... This is the. Th these are the first steps in a very long journey. Mm -hmm. We're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. We're not out of the woods yet. Oof. I like it. So what? Uh, what are you listening to as we wait to make our way out of the woods? Matt, there are, there are so many good dream songs. Um, you know, uh, the Cranberries' first hit was "Dreams." Uh, you can. Uh, I made my wife watch for the first time Wayne's World recently. Um, <laughs> so it made me think of... Uh, wow. Fun. Which features the car kebab in Berlin. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, fun fact. Uh, I've been going through the, memor the family memorabilia box here. Uh, and for a time in, in middle school, I had a cartoon called Dwayne's World. Because I was that cool, I was. I was yeah, it was like a, it was like a dinosaur uh, named Dwayne. He would like interview people. It was incredible. Uh, so I was that kid. I was that kid. So since you mentioned Wayne's World, so what? Yeah, what are you, man? Where are you going? But where are you going with this It's playlist? twenty. It's the end of twenty. It's the end of twenty twenty, and there's no better way than to put uh, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac <laughs> on there. Uh, yeah. Get your cranberry bottle, cranberry juice bottles. Uh, I would like to read you, Matt. Uh, I want to check out the lyrics. Uh, Genius.com, I think, is the best place to find lyrics because they have notes next to it. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> here's the first line in the notes about dreams. The song was written during a turbulent time for the band. <laughs> that means it was written by the band because I'm pretty sure there was not a non-turbulent time for Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Uh, but it's, oh man, it is uh, what the kids call a banger. Uh, so I'm going Dreams, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, then we got to need a good road trip song, Matt. And I'm still, 2020 was a year in which I got immersed uh, deeply into Talking Heads. And so I'm going Road to Nowhere uh, for, for, for all of these, these rambling songs. And finally, of course, I'm going to drop the Orange Blossom special by Johnny Cash, uh, which is a lovely oh, nice. rambling anthem on the pod yes oh yeah those early Johnny Cash songs so good good stuff um well I went uh let's man went with stars went with star songs um so I'm gonna throw out there uh Bruce Springsteen's western stars the title track uh from last year's album Springsteen continue to be prolific, uh, but Western stars tonight. The Western stars are shining bright again. Uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful track, um, and uh, and then we'll move to When the Stars Come Out by Chris Stapleton, uh, one of my recent faves out there. So When the Stars Come Out, uh, Chris Stapleton, he's always got a nice, uh, just a rich, uh, makes you aware of the universe uh, voice. Tyra's a big fan? Yeah, Tyra's a big fan. <laughs> um, Tyra's got, Zach's alluding to Tyra's got uh, thoughts about President Obama's playlist. And I think really what Tyra and I are talking about is we need to get President Obama on the pod to defend pod. Yeah. to defend his playlist. We're going to get Tyra and President Obama on the pod, and President Obama's going to need to defend his playlist. I think this could work. He's on a book tour. You see him everywhere now. Uh, true. So come by the. He was on Bill Simmons' podcast, Bill, on us. which was really fun. Uh, he should come by the Vinyl Preacher. Just stop by. It'll be great. 
It'd be great. Yeah. You got nothing else to do. You're sitting you're quarantined at your house. Come on. We're former neighbors. Come on, <laughs> right. man. You are essentially a co-worker with the vinyl spouse at the University of Chicago Law School. True, true, true. Amazing. Amazing. So, uh, come on, President Obama. You're our new uh, Kevin Strickland. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> what if that's what the podcast was just going? We, we retire Kevin Strickland in 2021, and we just go at Barack Obama yep. that's for what, a couple years. That's what we're looking for. Um, and I'm sure it'll be more successful than our attempts to land Kevin Strickland I know. as a guest on Kevin the Strickland, Raphael Warnock. Uh, man, he's still not too late. Not too late. Election's still coming. Not too late. Uh, oh, my goodness. Well, uh, and then finally, uh, third song. Uh, follow that star. Uh, I will follow from you too. I will follow that first single. That's what I got. Matt, one last thing. I have heard some rumors. We've been talking about vaccines. We've been doing our job, you know, since we received federal funding that we need to be an educational podcast. Uh, I've heard some rumors out there, Matt, that maybe you can help me understand is that the vaccine may include a U2 album. <laughs> is that... How many times oh have you gosh. heard that joke now? Because I've only been, I've been witnessed that it happening twice to you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's happened to me. But um, again, my my position on that is great. You want to throw in a new YouTube with the vaccine? <laughs> I am all for it. Sign me up. I will get that double dose uh, immediately. Let's do it. I'm all in. I was proud of my text joke that it would be hard to find where to get to the vaccine because the streets would have no names. That's good. You know, that's, that's where good. they'd be. It's good. Give it, <laughs> or I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I mean, I think there's a lot of words. There's a lot, yeah. There's rich yeah. ground, yeah. Fertile, fertile soil there. Well, Matt, I've enjoyed our time together. Uh, I encourage all of our listeners to spend their $600 on um, vinyl. <laughs> 